It's going to be okay. I have a plan. Replacement held her hands behind her back as she stood by Jack's side. Jack opened the drawer of the little hallway table and grabbed his gloves. You look mad, she eyed him sideways. Is it because of work? Jack wanted to respond. Oh, no, I'm demoted to a beat cop, but I'm absolutely thrilled about it. But instead, he stuffed down the sarcastic reply and said, I'm fine. I think my plan is going to make you very happy. So you've said, what's this big plan you've been cooking up? At six foot one, 195 pounds, and with a muscular frame, Jack towered over replacement, who was only five foot four and petite. But even when he loomed over her in his most serious manner and raised one eyebrow, she just put her hands behind her back and shook her head, her brunette ponytail bouncing back and forth. She had spunk. I'm almost ready to lay it all out, she said but not yet. Don't worry, though, you'll love it. She crossed her arms while her green eyes looked up at him. She was dressed in a pair of baggy gray sweatpants and one of Jack's faded high school shirts. He loved how she looked, but right now it only added to his rising frustration. What's the plan, replacement? All I'll say is that I'll soon be contributing something. You already contribute, Jack grabbed his keys off the table next to the door. The apartments never look nicer. I can do more, she handed him his wallet. You moved just so I could have my own bedroom. It was only a floor down. Still, you had to move everything, and it's more money. She stepped in front of him. Jack caught sight of his reflection in the mirror. Brown hair cut short, dark brown eyes, tall, fit, and ruggedly handsome, Jack could have been the police poster boy, but that wasn't what caused his chest to puff up. Replacement must have noticed where he was looking because she reached up and gave his badge a quick polish with her sleeve. You look great, but try to smile a little more. She gave him a big grin. As Jack looked at those dimples, he couldn't help but grin back. He grabbed his hat and pulled it down on his head. Then he opened the door and stopped. Every time he left the apartment, this same awkward moment replayed. She gave him a quick hug, he hugged her back, and each time a part of him didn't want to let her go. See you later, he muttered, and hurried into the hallway. Jack thundered down the stairs and marched out the door. It was a beautiful winter evening. The warmest winter on record meant the air was only slightly brisk, Jack left his gloves in his pockets as he walked toward downtown Darrington. His Impala sat parked at the curb with replacement's blue beetle in front of it. Jack sighed. There'd be no driving for him tonight. He had been reduced to walking a beat downtown. He wouldn't even get to drive his favorite police cruiser, the Charger. Jack looked up at the stars. It's only temporary. Jack shoved his hands into the pockets of his patrolman's jacket as he paused on the deserted sidewalk. At 11.15 on a Wednesday night in Darrington, the place was a ghost town. He looked up and down Main Street, but there wasn't a single car or person to be seen. In the last two hours, Jack had already walked around downtown four times and had barely heard a peep. 
Collins and his creative punishments. Terrific. During each of his four loops, he had gone past Vitagliano's tattoo parlor. On each of his previous circuits, he'd crossed the street before passing it. But this time, the lights were off. She's gone home. Damn, I should have stopped in. But what would I say? I'm out of my mind. I once had Marissa, who's hot as hell and all over me, but I couldn't bring myself to tell her how much I cared for her, so I let her walk away. And then I start thinking, maybe Alice, who can drive me crazy in a good way, is sending me signals, and I might have a chance, but... Jack realized he'd stopped in the middle of the sidewalk and was talking to himself. He quickly looked around and started walking again. I should have been a monk.